Hello and welcome back to Movie Thoughts. I'm your host, Dominic Tartamella, and surprise, surprise, I am back. I know the last episode I saw The Whale, I was talking about uh, obese Brendan Fraser, and I wasn't sure if I was going to do another episode before Christmas, but guess what? It's December 23rd, it's the day before Christmas Eve, and I saw another movie back by popular demand. No, not that, back by the fact that I'm obsessed with movies, and I essentially live in the movie theater. So today, we're going to be talking about an anticipated movie for me, and this is Babylon, written and directed by Damien Chazelle, who, as we know, has done Whiplash, which was a fucking great movie. He did La La Land, which is a great Fucking movie, one of my personal favorites. I mean, both of them are my personal favorites. La, I might like La La Land a little bit better than Whiplash. And then he did First Man with uh, Ryan Gosling, which I didn't hate it. I liked it. I like Ryan Gosling. I need to give it a rewatch, though, because I think I only watched it once when I picked it up on Blu-ray. And it didn't blow me away. You know, it wasn't uh, comparable to the other two, but I enjoyed it. So he's got a pretty good track record uh, for such a young filmmaker and... With the new movie coming out, I'm obviously, I've been looking forward to it and uh, the subject matter because this film is, uh, it's set in the silent film era in the 20s and it is basically about uh, the transition that happened back, way back in the day when uh, talkies, if you'll call them, uh, sound pictures started coming in and how that changed um the landscape and change careers and it's funny because as I was watching this and uh and I'm taking it in I'm like wow this is like this is like singing in the rain uh if you've seen singing in the rain it deals with very it's not I mean this is a this is like the fucking r-rated version of singing in the rain a hard r okay uh, a hard r mixed with like cocaine and other drugs, and every drug you could name, and every al- sip of alcohol you can name, this is that movie. It's it's a different version of it, but it is like Singing in the Rain in the way that it it is similar subject matter, right? This is uh, in Singing in the Rain. It's told from a humorous uh, standpoint. Obviously, it's a musical, and we see that um, the actors are going through the same struggle, right? They decide to film a movie. Uh, that was going to be a silent movie as a, as a talkie, and that you know there's humorous, there's dancing, it's a classic, right? This film takes the same storyline and just goes in a fucking and I say cocaine. I'm going to say cocaine a lot in this episode, right? Because from the very beginning of this movie, it is like a cocaine fueled. I don't know, sex party, dance party. I'm not going to talk about spoilers in this podcast, but this this film is three hours and ten minutes. It's the exact same length of Avatar 2. So back-to-back now, essentially, uh, there's been two movies coming out that are three hours and ten minutes, which is like, I've talked about runtime on here. I don't mind runtime. I've seen Avatar 2 twice. It's all about how it's executed, right? How the pacing is of this movie. Uh, And I got to say, the pacing is pretty good for this film. It starts with a fucking shotgun blast. Obviously, this movie gets up and running 
right out the gate uh, with this big party, as I mentioned, and drugs and, and breasts and penises and everything you could possibly think of at this uh, Hollywood party uh, with these uh, very interesting characters. Some of those very interesting characters played by uh, Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, and Diego Calva. Uh, those are the main uh, cast, basically. And uh, Brad Pitt is like an aging uh, movie star, right? He's basically playing himself. <laughs> no, but he's playing uh, a guy who's kind of, I don't want to say he's washed up, but it's going to kind of creep up on him because of the uh, uh, the introduction to sound pictures, right? His name is Jack Conrad in the movie. And I think I've read that he's based on some, you know, some uh, real actor loosely based. But his story is an interesting one. And listen, Brad Pitt's always fucking charismatic. You always want to watch him uh, just chew the scenery, right? And right from the get-go, when Brad Pitt's introduced, it's funny because I was thinking about Inglourious Bastards because there is a scene in the very beginning where he's speaking Italian and his like wife is yelling at him to stop speaking in Italian. And he says, he's he's moved up from the... the the Inglorious Bastards Italian with the Buongiorno. He's actually speaking pretty well. And that's a little funny moment in there. And then, of course, you got Margot Robbie, who uh, plays an aspiring actress by the name of Nellie Leroy. And she is fucking fantastic in this movie. Uh, as good as everybody else in this is in this movie, she's fucking fantastic. And she's going with it. She's going all over the fucking place. And that's the thing with this movie. Um... I've 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 dabbled in the in the responses, the audience reactions and stuff, and the critical responses from what I've dabbled in. I don't really read a lot of reviews, uh, especially critical reviews. I have a select few people that I I like their opinions, and I'll you know watch something or listen to a podcast or something. But most it's very mixed, you know. Uh, I mean, just to throw Rotten Tomatoes out there, because that seems to be, it's like a 58% on there, and then I think it might be like in the 60s of an audience score. But the, the, it's getting very mixed reactions. So I was kind of, I mean, I was going to see it anyway. Nothing's going to stop me from going to see this film. Uh, but I was a little hesitant. And once I realized it was three hours and ten minutes as well, I was like, all right, this is going to be one that I go to alone, because I don't know what I'm in for. I like Damien Giselle, as I said He's definitely one of my favorite, you know, uh, newer directors. But, like, I didn't want to take a chance that this movie be bad. Maybe even go with my fiance. And then she's staring at me the whole movie. And she's like, what What am I watching? And she definitely would have been doing that. Because they there is fucking bizarre stuff that goes on in this movie. But it's like, as I just said about Margot Robbie. How she's taking big swings. And she's doing things like Damien Chazelle is taking big fucking swings in this movie. Like, this is something, right? You get Whiplash, which was like a smaller story, obviously about a kid learning, trying to master his craft, and a fucking uh, J.K. Simmons being the psychotic music teacher. Then you got La La Land, which was a musical, an old-fashioned musical uh, love story, right? Uh, First Man, he, he went a little bigger with the movie. And now this is like just... He's fucking throwing everything in there. He's doing... It's it's a drama comedy. And, I mean, there's more comedy in this than drama. There's a little bit here and there and stuff like that. But it gets serious at moments. But for the most part, this is like a roller coaster ride. 
and as I said, everybody in this cast is great. Uh, Margot Robbie, though, fucking phenomenal. Diego Calva, who I, I, I believe he's from like one of the Narcos show. He's really good, too. He's pretty much our main character where you see the story through his eyes. And it's so interesting. This is one of those movies. I'm, you know, being a movie fan, being as big as a movie fan as I am, I love movies that are about movies. Whether it be, uh, you know, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which also had Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie. And there's a little scene in there. I got to just slip something in. There's a little scene when she's like buying a ticket to her own movie as Sharon Tate in that movie. And there's a similar sequence in this movie where it's like she she says the same line. Uh, I'm in the movie. It's it's just it was took me out of it. Definitely a nod. Had to be a nod to that. But back to this uh, movie, Babylon. I love movies that are about making movies, and you see the the behind the scenes, and that's what this movie does. Basically, you know, it starts, and you're in that silent era, and they're showing the chaos of these people, right? Because this is before you got to think this is before publicity and stuff like that, and they were making money, and this is before the real machine of Hollywood became this, you know, uh, well-polished thing where, like, they were cranking out movies and they were, uh, you know, getting uh, publicity and doing all that shit, and and there was a lot of money involved. This is, like, they're showing that, like, crazy, um, which I, I really don't know much about the silent era. I've seen a few silent films, whether it be Phantom of the Opera or Metropolis and all that stuff, that film school stuff, but uh, I, I never really delved into the filming process of what they used to do with silent movies, but like you get a taste of that and you get a taste of the chaos that they're showing that they're filming fucking 10 productions at once on a fucking farm ground and everybody's running all over the place. Who's getting hurt? Who's fucking dying of accidents fucking that could have been avoided. Uh, and it's, it's chaotic. And then you see as the film evolves and sound comes into it, you see how that, uh, they modernize the filmmaking. And this was obviously, there's always changes, um, in movie making, right? Just like anything in life, there's always changes in uh, any facet. So like this was one of those big changes back in the day. And just like nowadays, you know, we've gone from being shot on film to being shot digital. And, you know, the there are remaining filmmakers, obviously, who still shoot on film. And then you also have, uh, you know, CGI versus, you know, practical special effects. This is always evolving, and this was one of those big tentpole things that changed the industry forever. You know, once the jazz singer came out, where um, and and had sound and fucking the, the, forever, they had to adapt. And the problem is, as I mentioned with Singing in the Rain, if you've seen that movie and you've seen the comedic take on it, you know, not all these actors, directors were able to adapt to sound because it's a different ball game. You know, you're having people that they weren't speaking in these roles. They were coming. They were fucking not saying anything. They didn't have to worry about reading the script and shit like that. And then they have to, you know, worry about saying stuff, being loud enough, being if they're too low, if they're too loud, if they're standing on their marks, as you see all this in the movie, lighting, you know, having um, more of a setup. And that kind of modern setup where you have lighting, you have sound, and, and all those little things that are easily tweaked and are easily thrown off. And it's interesting to see that, you know, maybe an actor's voice, which would uh, be something uh, that could throw off an audience. Maybe they didn't have the right voice, and now, you know, they're transitioning. So a lot of actors did 
not make that transition. But as I said, the movie goes by pretty quick. Um, I will say, I want to say probably, you know, it's common, two hours in. It didn't, uh, you know, it didn't drag, but it kind of like the, the thing with this movie, it's so chaotic and, and so drug and fueled. It, it goes all the way around. And that's like, it's doing it on purpose. Like it goes everywhere. It's jumping around the character, the character, the character, the character. Sometimes it's at a fault. You know, there are some characters that, um, that are kind of like suffer because of that, because you don't really get a lot of them. You get little snippets of their life and they're interesting characters and just as you get into maybe this, their story, they jump to somebody else. They jump to Brad Pitt. They jump to Marco Robbie. And then the characters, obviously, as the years go on, they intersect. Uh, but yet again, all-star cast. I'm just going to read some of the cast members that I'm probably forgetting because there are so many cast members that you're, you know, there's Tobey Maguire who pops up a little bit later in the movie. And, and this is the thing, like this movie... It almost goes through like different phases. By the time Tobey Maguire pops up, not going to give any spoilers, but like there's a sequence with him towards the end that like this movie feels like it becomes a different movie. It almost fucking feels like a David Lynch movie. Like for a minute I thought I was watching like fucking Eraserhead because there's some creepy stuff that goes on uh, and 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 it goes dark in, in a very uh, uh, fast way seemingly out of nowhere way and it's just interesting and yet again this is like Damien Chazelle just taking swings doing whatever the fuck he wants so like I gotta respect that right off the bat I gotta respect doing it and honestly most of the time I bought it and I ate it all up it wasn't really like I laughed a lot in this movie there's definitely a lot of funny stuff a lot of screaming a lot of chaos as I said and there's a lot of funny moments uh, there's one in particular, Margot Robbie, in probably in the right in the middle of the movie, where she's trying to, you know, coming from the background she came from, she's trying to kind of be a, a, a different person and try to cater to like the rich people. And there's a funny sequence there, but remember that. Um, but this film goes it it goes all over the place, but it kept me engaged. And like I said, I liked enough of it. There were some things that maybe I felt like, okay. But they they also, like, when I there was something going on on the screen that maybe I didn't fully like, they jumped to something else rather quickly. And and it's just bad. And now thinking back on it, I don't even want to, like, I'm not going to ruin anything yet again, but there's such funny sequences, such bizarre sequences, and just what these characters do. In this movie, and like, like I said, you're watching some of the best, right? So, Tommy Guard does pop up towards the end, and he's definitely a standout, even though he's in a small role. You got Samara Weaving pops up in a small role as well. Uh, Olivia Wilde's in there. Spike Jones, the director, plays a director in this, uh, a German director, and you'll probably notice him if you know who Spike Jones is. But there's, there's a lot. P.J. Byrne. Who I I like this guy man. He's popped up in like Wolf of Wall Street. He's a great like character actor man. He really he steals scenes. This guy he's fucking hilarious. Um, Eric Roberts, Eric fucking Roberts also is in this movie and plays uh, Margot Robbie's father. And he's got some fucking good scenes too. I mean that's the thing I got to say about this movie. Three hour runtime, a lot of different characters, 
and even those smaller characters that I just mentioned, like they're they got a lot of memorable scenes, even if they're in one sequence, but they have memorable stuff. And I think for the most part, this movie delivers. Uh, it's definitely a movie I I want to watch again, and I look forward to watching again. I don't know if it's uh, something that I'm gonna go back to the theater or go back to the theater quickly, like Avatar, where I felt like that was something I wanted to see in 3D again. I want to see an IMAX. But this movie is definitely a theater experience. It's just a matter of, like, are you willing to sit there and for the three hours and ten minutes and take it in? You know, is it worth it, or is it worth just waiting, you know, when it comes on digital, when it comes on Blu-ray? Because, you know, the window is getting shorter and shorter. I'm sure it will be available probably in, in less than two months on some kind of streaming, you know, who knows, I think it's, uh, is it a Paramount, yeah, it's a Paramount movie, because they did open up with an old-fashioned, an old-timey Paramount uh, logo, but yeah, I, the more I think about it too now, like, oh, and the soundtrack, the soundtrack is done by uh, Justin Hurwitz, who worked on Whiplash, worked on La La Land, great soundtrack in its own right, both of those, and this soundtrack definitely is a ready replaying in my head there's a lot of fucking like iconic themes there's definitely a lot of stuff towards the end uh when some of the emotional stuff was happening that sounded very reminiscent of la la land soundtrack but i'm all for that because i love that fucking soundtrack but shit this movie's it's it's an epic and as i said he takes some fucking he takes some swings it's it's definitely bizarre it's definitely not going to be like everybody's fucking cup of tea I can imagine people going to this and being like, what the fuck am I watching? But like, as I said, right from the start of this movie, he kind of establishes what you're in for in the first five minutes. Like where there's, you know, it's it's one part, like, as I said, the drugs and the fucking, but like, it's almost like there's slapsticky fucking like moments that go on that are like out of a fucking cartoon at times. For the most part, it works. There's nothing like, you know, some stuff gets you off guard. And you're like, uh, you know, but I, I I dig it. I dig it. I dig it. Even like I said, that fucking last part that felt like uh, well, the uh, uh, towards the ending where it felt like a fucking David Lynch movie. It's like, what the fuck is happening? Where is this going? But it was working. I was in the, I was into it and I had a little fucking, uh, you know, I felt the suspense and I was like, what the, what the fuck? How did this movie turn into this? But it does do it. Um, and yeah. That's that's impressive to me. You know, that's something that if a movie could make you change your emotions like that, then fuck. And overall, this movie is like a celebration of film and a celebration of cinema. And if it's like if it's not obvious throughout the movie when they're showing just a process of filmmaking, like Damien Chazelle makes it obvious in the very last frames of the movie showing his love for cinema showing like the the evolution of cinema he puts it right out there and there's even like like i said the singing in the rain thing this connection he knew this connection whether he was inspired by singing in the rain uh right from the uh, start but like you know he at one point they're showing clips of singing in the rain later so it's obviously a big influence on that and you know, coming from the fact that this guy did a musical like La La Land, I'm sure he's a fan of Singing in the Rain. It's fucking obvious. 
go watch Singing in the Rain if you haven't seen it, because good double feature, bizarre double feature, but shit, yeah, I, I liked it, I can't, I can't say it enough, um, I, I wonder how this is gonna fare, like, I mean, as I said, critically and stuff like that, it's not really getting the best reviews, a lot of people are like, oh, it's bloated, and it says, I don't, I, like, I don't feel like it's bloated, I definitely, I always think about run times, and say, okay, maybe they could have cut, maybe, I don't know, if they would, maybe they would have cut 15 minutes, but, at times, yeah, maybe it's a little bit self-indulgent. Maybe some, there's some dragged out stuff, but for the most part, it it keeps uh it keeps on course. It doesn't like ever get like uh and like I said, at times, even those times that it's like uh, it kind of gets back on track. So, what more could you ask for? I'm curious to see though how um this fares with like Oscars and nominations and stuff like that. I mean, he already won director for La La Land. I don't know. He could, I could see him getting another director nomination. I don't know about writing. Uh, perhaps, uh, Brad Pitt, you know, Margot Robbie definitely deserves something. This is a great cast and, and the score, all that, the soundtrack. I, I think that, also deserve some love there, but yeah, shit, Babylon, like, I was a little, uh, like I said, I was a little wary going in, because I was kind of tired, I got out of work, and I was like, oh, let me, all right, let me go, took like a little nap, and I was like, let me go, let me go check it out, fuck it, I don't want to take, I don't want to not see it, because like, this got a couple of bad reviews and stuff like that, especially being as big of a fan as like La La Land and Whiplash, and to, to give this guy credit, He's made some of my favorite movies, so I'm going to go check it out. And you know what? I was honest. I, I don't want to say I was pleasantly surprised, but I went fucking with that journey. And it was, uh, it's just cool seeing, you know, those times and how it changed and really getting in depth and seeing like the course of these people's lives and how they went from like being like fucking top of the world to, you know, going down and trying to come back and stuff like that and seeing where they're uh where where they end up basically and how that influenced film in general but yeah that's it um that's the podcast for today i think uh babylon i recommend it i don't know if you if you're not good with long movies in the theaters you know i i can't i can't help you there i can't blame you you know you know some people don't want to sit in a fucking movie for three hours i get it but I would definitely check it out as soon as you can uh, because I, it's it's interesting. Give it a chance. Don't believe, like, everything everybody's been saying or even don't believe what I'm fucking saying. Just take take it in, get your own opinion, and see what happens. Go along for the ride, but definitely expect some fucking crazy shit because in the first fucking frames of the movie, you're going to see that. But uh, thanks for listening. Uh, if, you, if this is your first time listening, check out the other episodes check out the, uh, I don't know, what did I do last? The Whale. I did some Christmas movies recently. It's Christmas time. Uh, check me out on Twitter, whatever the hell. Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok, Dom Solo Reels. Do some stupid videos. And if you like the podcast, subscribe. And if maybe if this is my last podcast before Christmas, Merry Christmas. I don't know. Maybe there's another one coming. Who knows? We'll see. Have a good night.